Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Get Invested. This is Ben Dunbar and Brett Sifling from Gerber Kawasaki Wealth Management. And today we are going to talk about shorting. Like Elon short shorts or? No, no, not Elon short shorts. We may be talking about Tesla a little bit, but uh, before we jump into it, um, first, as always, we always need to give our disclaimers. Today, we're going to be talking about different investment strategies, companies, shorting stocks, going long stocks, options, um, all these different things. Uh, and when it comes down to it, we do not recommend you act upon your own. This is not to be taken as any advice whatsoever. If you have any questions, feel free to ask us. So, Brett, why don't you kick it off for us? Yeah, so I mean, we've been asked time and time again what it means to short the market, go short a stock. So today we really wanted to walk you through what it means to short a stock or bet against a company that's worth less and all that goes into it. And so we're going to be talking about like what a short squeeze is. Hello, Tesla, and a bit about like option strategies. But you know, ultimately, shorting is an extremely risky um, strategy because your downside can actually be unlimited, way more than your initial investment. And again, we do not recommend it. So Ben, like, what exactly is shorting for those that don't know? Yeah, well, to first understand shorting, you have to understand what it means going long a stock or buying a stock. So when you buy a stock in, say, Apple, you are purchasing an ownership in Apple. In Apple. And what you're doing when you do that is you're hoping that the value of the company goes up, hence your part of your ownership also goes up. Your upside is unlimited and, you know, to the moon and beyond, as people have been saying with Tesla lately, but that's... <laughs> That's uh, kind of the deal with going long a stock. So then what exactly is up with shorting then? So it's, it's a little more difficult, but shorting is you are betting a company is going down in value and um, you're able to short a stock by options or by what's called selling short. And, and so why is it called selling short? To, to easier explain it, rather than thinking about stocks, for whatever reason, I love to talk about bicycles. Um, and so bear with me, like let's assume all bicycles in the world are the same and let's assume they don't depreciate or get worse when you use them, okay? Let's also assume Brett thinks the prices of bikes are going down because he loves birding around and people are only buying Pelotons right now. Let's be honest though, were we really birding anywhere if you can't even go out to bars? <laughs> no, yeah, that's that's a good point. I think you did buy a bike anyways recently, didn't you? <laughs> I did so, actually. I think yeah. everyone did in the pandemic. Yeah, it's good to good good to ride around. So so Brett go Brett Brett thinks the prices of bikes are going down and, and he goes to the bike shop. Okay, the bike shop sells bikes, rents bikes, and always has new inventory coming in. And all the bike shop really cares about is that it has bikes, okay? And let's say all of those bikes, they cost $500, and Brett thinks bikes are really worth $300, okay? You know, people aren't gonna want bikes, people are lazy, they're just gonna ride their electric scooters around, so, so what Brett does is Brett goes to the bike shop and he says, hey, let me borrow this bike from you for a small fee, okay? He then sells the bike to me because I love bikes, right? And he sells me that bike for $500. Okay. So six months later, let's say Brett turns out he's right. Okay. And the price of bikes do go down to $300. 
What he does is, is he goes out on the open market, he buys that bike for $300, and he gives it to the bike shop and makes just a cool $200 profit just like that. <laughs> and as, as much as I think that I'm always right, I'm not. And so here's the actual problem with this. Let's just say that you know, now there's a bike shortage out there, and the government says that you only can ride bikes. There's no cars allowed at all. Well, what would happen? The price of bikes would go through the roof, right? So let's say bikes are now costing $2,000. Well, guess what? Not only did I lose money, but I still need to return that bike at $2,000 to the bike shop. So my initial investment of just $500 actually caused me a $1,500 loss. And if this went even higher, I would you know, technically have unlimited downside and am not protected at all. Yeah, and your gain is only limited to basically $500 if bikes go all the way down. You sold the bike for $500, you're able to buy it back for one penny or whatever. In the best case scenario. In the best case scenario, exactly. So unlimited upside, unlimited downside, and your upside captured, uh, upside capped just at about 100%. So, So let's apply it to stocks, okay? Let's say you think, Amazon is overvalued, Bezos is losing his focus, he's out partying with the Hollywood stars and he's not focused on his company anymore. And you go to Charles Schwab, okay? And what you do is you go to Charles Schwab, you borrow Amazon shares and you sell it on the open market for 3,000 bucks. To close your position, you know, let's say you're right, stock goes down 100 points, you buy back the stock on the open market and you give it back to Schwab, um, you know, and you make whatever, $100 in that scenario. And so here is what is very interesting, what a lot of people miss when it comes to shorting. And it, and it takes a little bit of a deeper level of thinking, okay? So the transaction to close your position, basically to get out of your position, is buying the stock back. And what causes stocks to go up? There's more buyers and sellers, right? And so if there's more buyers and sellers, stock tends to go up. And so here is another thing that can happen is what we call the short squeeze. And we really saw this in Tesla, which is basically if a lot of people are betting that a stock is going to go down, and let's say they have some few good earnings reports, let's say, the tune changes and the stock goes up, people are buying the stock. For these people that are short the stock to get out of their position, they have to buy the stock, which pushes it even higher. And again, we saw this with Tesla where there was tons of money that was short the company and they had surprise after surprise after surprise. And so as these people tried to unwind their positions, the stock continued to move to move higher. Totally. I mean, Tesla was one of the most epic short squeezes of all time. I mean, we saw some of these in, in recent history and like Tilray with the cannabis movement when everyone was betting against them or even with Beyond Meat when they didn't really have much to show for, for what their company was actually worth. And so, you know, these short squeezes can send leads to some pretty epic moves. And now shorting can also 
add downward pressure to a stock, at least some people think. And they're, they're kind of right. I mean, short selling really did fall under heavy scrutiny, not only earlier this year, but really in the global financial crisis in 2007 and 2008. There's actually a couple countries like Australia and Canada and several you know EU nations that actually placed bans on short selling of financial stocks. Now, since then, that's, that's not really the case anymore. Um, it's kind of been proven that that's not always the case. And so regulations have been lifted or, or amended in, in most countries. But generally speaking, the U.S. has a little bit more liberal laws on short selling than most of the world. And so, you know, most investors, most people think that, you know, short selling is actually an important part of the price discovery process because what it does is it allows people to highlight and markets to highlight flaws in company fundamentals. Yeah, and, and, and going back to it, the problem is is when people are short, it can cause because it can cause unlimited loss, it becomes a serious issue too, because you know, when you talk you're talking Tilray and this is what just jumped in my mind, is you know, that stock went up hundreds of percent in, you know, the span of like weeks, months. And so literally these people who have, you know, mandates to their investors uh, to not take too large of a position, you know, let's say they had, they were short a hundred thousand dollars of, uh, of Tilray. And then all of a sudden that turned into like a $300,000 loss. Like they need to be forced out of that position. And then what's brutal is there's no way to get back in or really double down if you may, right? When you buy a stock and the stock goes down and you dollar cost average and you put more money into it and buy it, you have the ability to do that, but that money's gone. <laughs> Like you, you don't have the ability on the short side. And so, yeah, that's why we stick on the long side. No, and that's, that's exactly it. Markets have shown that they've gone up over time and shorting is not a good long-term strategy. Okay. It's, it's, it's like, you're going to Vegas. You already have your odds against you. And I mean, I don't know how many people are going to Vegas right now, but I heard it was still pretty crowded, <laughs> but, uh, but you're going there and you're, you know, you're hitting on an 18, right? Uh, you know, I don't know. So, so it's definitely not a long-term strategy and in some investors they will go long the market and short some individual per uh short some individual positions so jim chanos uh is someone who's well known for that um i know he was short tesla and he was long other stocks so i don't don't think that worked out well for him um and also something that a lot of people don't know is because you are borrowing the shares there are some fees because you don't actually own the shares that you need to pay back to like the broker's firm for borrowing the money with them. Now, now that's kind of shorting in a nutshell. Now, a lot of you have probably heard about different types of options and stuff like that. And options can increase your upside, minimize your downside, do the opposite, whatever it may be. And Brett, why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit about like put options in another option or another way to short the market? Sure. And so, you know, you, you made a good point too with the short interest. When when companies are heavily shorted, the short interest goes up significantly and a lot of people will look at put options or other ways to, you know, bet against the company. And and options are pretty complicated, but to boil it down, the definition is a right to sell shares at a specific contract price. And what we're talking about is put options. Now you pay a premium for that contract and each contract has a right to just 100 shares. 
all of them are the same. Now you can get really, really creative with these strategies to basically like achieve the risk profile and return that you'd like. And if you really even want to get confused, you can even short put options, which is essentially a play that the stock will stay at the same price or, or even go up. But that's not something that we'll cover today. So put options, bringing this back to like a real life application. Let's say that you still think that Bezos is, is losing his focus on Amazon and you'd still like to bet against the company, but instead of shorting the stock, you now decide to buy a put option instead. So let's say Amazon is trading around $3,000 like it is right now. And so what you do is you buy the $2,500 strike, June of 2021 put option for $5. So this means that you pay $500 for the contract because there's 100 shares, you're buying one of them, and it costs five bucks. So for the right to sell or sell short 100 shares of Amazon at $2,500 until June of 2021. So now basically what that means is that if Amazon closes at let's say $2,000 in June of next year, you can exercise your contract, which is you know, taking that contract and saying, I would like to sell those 100 shares short at 2,500 and immediately then buy it back at 2,000. So in this scenario, you generate a profit of about $500 minus the $5 that you paid for the premium in the contract. Now you don't need to necessarily exercise your option. Um, and in fact, most people don't, as you can still sell it in the open market for a premium that's essentially greater than what you paid in this scenario. So if this is the first time you're hearing about options and hearing about puts and you're confused, don't worry, like I mentioned, options are extremely complex and they're not suitable for most investors. Um, they're actually leveraged investments and you can lose a lot of money very, very quickly. And a lot of Robinhood traders actually found this out this year uh, when they were getting options approvals that they were not suitable for. So this is not a get rich quick scheme. You know, leverage is, is very dangerous and without fully understanding what you're doing, um, it can lead to some disastrous consequences. Right, Ben? Yeah, totally. And And I think what's worth noting on the options versus shorting the stock is you have a limited amount of time, right? So let's say you have a thesis and let's say because of, you know, like let's just take GM versus Tesla, right? Let's say you assume Tesla is going to eat GM's lunch and uh, Nikola Motors is a fraud. Oh wait, it is a fraud. Um, <laughs> and and you, you believe that long-term you know, the stock is, is going to go down more. Now, the problem is when you buy a put option, although you limit your downside to what you paid for the option, the problem is, is what you think may not come true in that period of time, right? So let's say you're right, but you know, it doesn't play off in June of 2021. It starts to play off in June of 2022, but you no longer have that position. So there's, there's always trade-offs with both different ways of doing things. And again, you're, you're betting against the trend and, and we definitely don't think this is a long-term strategy. Uh, so, so that's basically all we got today. And, and next week, we're gonna talk about how to trick your brain into loving market declines, even if you aren't short or buying put options. Uh, and so we'll, we'll jump into that. And then Brett, why don't you hit us with the social? 
yeah, make sure you guys are following us on social, subscribe to the channel so that you know that we're putting out new podcasts pretty much every single week on different concepts. Um, we're also on Twitter, pushing out content every day at Ben Dunbar GK or at B Trades. Um, you can also just email us directly. We'd love to hear your guys' ideas. Um, shout out to Preston, who is actually the one that gave us um, this idea for the podcast on shorting and, and puts. Um, so, you know, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, and until next week, we'll see you then.